for Wednesday, November 24th. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac D.B. Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Jim O'Grady gives us the lowdown on getting in and out of the city for Thanksgiving. And Cindy Rodriguez visits Rikers Island, where inmates are preparing Thanksgiving meals for the poor and homeless. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. Tensions remain high between North and South Korea following an exchange of artillery fire. Two South Korean Marines were killed and 15 troops and three civilians injured. Meanwhile, President Obama says the U.S. will stand by its commitment to South Korea. In New York, an advisory panel has rejected Mayor Bloomberg's request to waive education credential requirements so that publishing executive Kathy Black can become the city's next school's chancellor. WNYC's Beth Fertig reports. The panel is advising State Education Commissioner David Steiner whether to grant Kathy Black a waiver from state law requiring her to have education credentials. Four members voted no, two voted yes, and two preferred to wait. Commissioner Steiner always said he would have the last word, but he told the panel members he preferred to wait. The panel's chairman, Susan Furman, the president of Teachers College at Columbia, elaborated to reporters that Steiner would be willing to consider an amended request for the waiver. She said his preference is for adding a chief academic officer, someone with strong education credentials who would presumably work alongside Black. Steiner indicated he'll make an official decision soon. For WNYC, I'm Beth Fertig. Some parents and elected officials are applauding the decision. Leonie Heemson, executive director of Class Size Matters, says New York schools need someone with more hands-on experience at the helm. We've had eight years of someone who was not an educator and our children have suffered as a result. And we really believe that this is an urgent crisis on our hands right now with our schools. But former Chancellor Harold Levy, who had to get a waiver himself, says he's puzzled that State Education Commissioner Steiner apparently would approve Black's waiver if she's paired with a chief academic officer with an educational background. This is like saying to somebody, I'm not sure I should grant you a driver's license. I'll only grant you a driver's license if you're driving with two people in the car who I do trust. It's a a license. Mayor Bloomberg's office declined to comment on the panel's decision. Two construction companies working on major local public works projects are reportedly under federal investigation for fraud. According to the New York Times, the Shivoni Construction Company and Skanska USA Civil Northeast are accused of using front companies in work on projects including the Croton Water Treatment Plant and the Fulton Street Transit Center instead of hiring subcontractors owned by minorities, women, or disadvantaged businesses, as the government requires. The Times says the companies could each face about $20 million in fines. Newer Mayor Cory Booker says 167 city police officers will be laid off as planned after the police union rejected the city's counterproposal. The layoffs have been scheduled for Monday of this week, but Booker delayed them until next Tuesday so that members of the Fraternal Order of Police could review new give-back proposals. City officials say the one-year plan would have avoided layoffs by eliminating officers' uniform allowance and stress pay and reducing overtime, replacing it with compensatory time. They say the plan would have saved Newark about $9.5 million to help close a budget gap for 2011. But union leaders say the city refused to negotiate, insisting they take or leave the plan. Mayor Booker says the police union has refused to make any sacrifices during tough economic times. 
Hostess, Butterball, Snyder's of Hanover, and three other big food companies are signing on to the city's year-old campaign to curb sodium in processed foods. Dr. Sonia Angel from the city health department says there are big health benefits in lowering sodium, even in items without much salt, like Hostess Wonder Bread. Bread is one of the largest contributors to salt in our diet because we eat so much of it. So the commitment of a company like Hostess to reduce their sodium has great potential because the cumulative effect of eating all of that bread all day long can make a big difference. Some researchers say only a relatively small group of people would benefit from the program's goal of a 25% reduction in salt from large manufacturers and chains. Expect more trains and buses over the Thanksgiving holiday to handle the busiest three travel days of the year. WNYC's Jim O'Grady reports. Metro North will handle the out-of-town surge on Wednesday afternoon by running 16 extra outbound trains. Long Island Railroad will add 10 trains from Penn Station. New Jersey Transit will have extra trains from Penn, as well as more buses from the Port Authority bus terminal. On Thursday, most lines will provide holiday service with additional inbound trains for those headed to the Thanksgiving Day Parade. The same holds for Friday when shoppers take Manhattan. Metro North spokeswoman Marjorie Anders says to expect few empty-handed travelers in Grand Central Station. Almost everyone will be carrying, quote, pies, packages, and dogs. For WNYC, I'm Jim O'Grady. Speaking of holiday travel, let's check today's calendar. It is the busiest travel day of the year, and we'll soon know whether the opt-out movement manages to gum up the works. Angry travelers have taken to the web to encourage people to protest new security screening measures by opting for the more time-consuming pat-downs instead of the new full-body scanners at airports. In other news, General Motors is expected to announce an over $160 million investment at plants in Michigan and Ohio to build more of its new fuel-efficient engine. Today's economic reports include new unemployment claims, October new home sales and durable goods, and the latest data on personal income. The president, of course, pardons a turkey in the White House Rose Garden. In New York, charities and elected officials continue distributing Thanksgiving meals and supplies. And at 3, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade staff will start inflating 15 giant character balloons and 43 novelty balloons at Columbus and 79th Street. And this evening at the Basilica of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Brooklyn, it's the Santa Cecilia 2010 Mariachi Fest featuring a performance by over 100 mariachis, which, depending on your feelings about mariachi bands, is either really cool or your worst nightmare. Just a few of the things happening this Wednesday. While most New Yorkers have been rushing around buying turkeys, searching for cranberry sauce recipes, and buying the perfect bottle of wine... On Rikers Island, a small group of inmates has also been busy preparing Thanksgiving dinner. The inmates won't be sitting down to enjoy the meal themselves. The food is going to two Upper East Side churches that serve the poor and homeless on Thanksgiving. WNYC's Cindy Rodriguez visited the prison kitchen and has this report. To get into this kitchen, you have to turn in your cell phone, go through a metal detector, enter two secure gates, and be escorted by a guard. Once you're in, the equipment isn't state-of-the-art, but everything is clean and oversized. There are several kitchens at Rikers, 
This one feeds more than a thousand men. That requires a line of ovens able to hold five large turkeys at a time. There's also special rules. Knives are allowed, but they must be carefully tracked. Tin cans must also be accounted for. A lid with a jagged edge in the wrong hands could be dangerous. Just like in most kitchens, the cooking crew is dressed in hairnets and white uniforms. Carl Hodge is one of the trainees. This is the basin for the rice and the turkey. It's going to be like a gravy sauce. And we're trying not to make it too salty. We're watching our sodium. <laughs> Hodge says cooking has taught him to be both creative and patient. Patience to take time to make a good meal and also to be a good listener. You got to listen to the instructions of what the ingredients to put in. <laughs> you can't move too fast. You put the wrong ingredients in, the food come out tasting terrible. <laughs> Hodge says he's in jail for selling drugs and is scheduled to be released January 16th. He's hoping to get a restaurant job once he leaves. Many of the men learn to cook at home, including Nathaniel Harris, who is massaging oiled turkeys seasoned with fresh garlic, oregano, and turmeric. Being in this program, it's like it gave me a better outlook more on what I really want in life. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful for that because it opened a door to what I really love to do, and that's cook. The men are making 64 turkeys and dozens of pans of stuffing. Spanish rice and gravy was also being stirred in huge steaming food vats. Even though the men will spend the holiday incarcerated, Harris considers the poor and homeless people he's cooking for less fortunate. It makes me feel good because I'm giving back, and that's the most important thing. Terrell Cherry, who's at Rikers for violating his probation, feels the same way, even though he says he'd rather be spending the holiday with his family. But it's a learning experience. Now I know not to put myself in bad situations to get me here in jail, you know. I'll just go on and better my life from here. Most of the men will be released within the next few months. At least one gets out of Rikers today. A group called the Osborne Association runs the culinary arts program at Rikers. While they couldn't say how many men find food service jobs once they leave, they did say about 25% of the men in the program end up back in jail, compared to about 60% of the entire Rikers population. For WNYC, I'm Cindy Rodriguez. You're listening to the powerful vocal chords of Jen Shu. The New York-based improviser and composer spent years researching traditional music in the homelands of her parents, Taiwan and East Timor. This song, called Mother Cow's Companion, is one of many she's collected. It tells the story of a daughter parting with her mother to move in with her husband. Tonight, you can hear Jen Shu perform both solo and accompanied by violin at Barbès in Brooklyn. To download this song for free, as well as tracks from other artists performing in New York tonight, visit our culture page. Just click culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac J.V. Aronson. Have a great day and safe holiday travels. Do I ill high?